Hey, it's great to know that we're a part of something worldwide, isn't it? You know, yes, Africa and all that, but how about just Christianity? God is doing stuff throughout the world. God is doing stuff throughout the entire world, right? You realize that? How many of you sometimes, at least one time this week, did you feel a little bit alone? Anybody? I did. I felt a little bit. Anybody? Anybody like me? You're like, wait, what? You know, but we're a part of something that God is doing. So raise your hand with me and say, I'm a part of something God is doing around the world. Isn't that exciting? Ooh, that was, that was impressive. Is that exciting? <laughs> kind of baited you into that one, didn't I? Wow, it's amazing. I, I was really excited when I heard that Pastor Terry is going back to Africa because uh, it's just an amazing place. We went to Zambia together. We went to Mozambique together. That was an experience. We didn't take a lot of photos because, oh, man, you wouldn't have wanted to see them. Desperate. Wow, an amazing uh, you know, I hope that you feel encouraged. It's really interesting because this month we've been talking in, in our series about uh, the beauty and the wonder of life, right? And to see those people, right, in, in situations that many of us would just not accept. And to see how beautiful they were and how they were enjoying their life with such wonder and beauty. The kids dancing around in the rubble, celebrating Jesus, picking their mangoes. Wasn't that cool? Right? And I, I hope that inspires you to remember, to remember in your heart, to remember in your soul, to remember in your spirit how much we have that God's given us. We have so much, right? And we have to let go of some of our, our kind of like striving for more and more and just enjoy. That's what this month is about. We're wanting to talk about just enjoying our lives. Say it with me, enjoying my life, right? Learning how to remember to enjoy our lives and to enjoy the beauty that God has given us and so we've talked, just as a refresh, this will be the last week that we are, are, are talking in this series. We started with, you know, the, as the beauty and wonder of life is eager for every moment. Do you remember? Eager for every moment. That we would just face every moment of our lives with, with a, an encouragement, an excitement, and eagerness for God can do something now. This is a moment that will never be repeated, and I get to live it to my best. And then we talked about... What was the next one? I just blanked. Oh, I have them here. The majesty of God, right? Remember the majesty of God, you know, how great God is and how sometimes we, even though we have access to God and we can live our lives with him, we just kind of forget, you know, we forget about the majesty and the wonder of God. And of course, this land is my land. Say it with me. This land is my land. Remember, like remembering, this is what we talked about last week, remembering that God's given us something to own and possess and to care for and to believe and to lead and to go into our land and take place, take hold of what God has given us. Remember we talked about every place we step our foot is where God gives us and we have to go into the land that God's given us and take that territory and take that land and remember it and live it and, and take what God's given us and live it to the fullest. Amen? Isn't that good? And today we're gonna wrap up with my family is my dream. So sorry, I'm that repeat guy. I know, I'm sorry I make you tired of it, but say it with me, my family is my dream. And, you know, we can start there by just saying, that's God saying that statement, first of all. God says, my family is my dream, right? And you are a part of his family, right? You're a part. God wants to bring you closer and closer into his family so you can be a part of his dream because he has a dream for you and a dream for this world. He has a dream for all of us, right, to be a part of his family, and we get to learn how to be a part of his family. But also, he then creates us into families, he puts us and places us into families. 
And I know that we're not always excited. Some of us have had really difficult situations in our families. We're like, oh, that's not my dream, right? Well, we want to help. This message is to help us think differently. This month is about helping us think differently about our lives and about our city and about God and about our families, right? To understand God's perspective, sure, but then to have a different perspective in our own thinking, in our own heart about what our family is really about, what our families are really about, and what I can be a part of it, and, and to enjoy it. You know, that, that is, let's not miss that. It's about enjoying it. God gave us families to enjoy each other. And sometimes we can miss that, I think. Sometimes it's like, ugh, I want to go hang out with my friends because I enjoy it, or I want to go here because I can enjoy it. Oh, I got to go home and be with my family. I'm not enjoying it. Sometimes we have that attitude. Instead of creating our family to be the place, our, our family should be the place that we enjoy the most. should be the place that we're the safest. should be the place that we're the most understood, right? Church is secondary to that. But a close second, right? A place where, you, where God is with us and we're a family of God, right? We're the family of God. This should be a place where we feel safe. But a lot of times we, we come to church or in fact, we don't come to church because we feel insecure. We feel ashamed. We feel like we don't belong. And I remember when I first came to church, I felt I don't belong here. And uh, you don't have to raise your hand if you had that experience, but I felt that. When I first became a Christian, I started following God. I walked into church and went, yeah, nope right? I do not belong with these people. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, in some ways I had some changing to do. Well, okay, in a lot of ways I had some changing to do, but I did belong and belonging helped me, right? Being a part of the people of God is what changed my life. And uh, I want to encourage you, come, come, come back. You made it this far today. Good job. Come on, give each other a high five. So you made it here today. Proud of you, right? Keep coming, keep coming and hanging around. You belong here. And I want you to look into somebody's eyes and say, you belong. You belong with God. You belong in the people of God. You belong. Nobody's sitting by him. I say, no, you belong in the people of God, right? You belong. You don't always feel like you belong, do you? Right? You're like, oh, but you don't know. Well, I don't need to, actually, to be honest. I don't need to know, right? I know enough of my own stuff. You worry about your own. God has got us, Right? God has got us in his hands. It's okay, right? God wants to lead us and help us. You belong. Say it with me. You belong. No, no, no. Say, say it to yourself. Say, I belong. <laughs> I know I belong. No, <laughs> say, I belong. I belong with God, right? God wants to help you understand. There's anything you get out of today. Know that God wants you to belong. God put us into families for a purpose, for a reason. In the very beginning, God put us into families, right? It was one of the first things he did after he created humans, he put them into families. In fact, he created them together in order to put them into families, right? You've got to understand that. This wasn't like an accident. This wasn't something that people came up with. It was something that was taught and given to us by God. God put us into families, right? He put us into families so that we would not be alone, that we would find each other, that we would connect, that we would have a safe place, that we would live in his purposes together. And in fact, he gave us our purpose together, right? Now, look, I'm going to talk about being single. I'm going to talk about being divorced or being separated, all those kinds of things. We're going to talk about it as we go on. I don't want you to feel ashamed about this. That's not what this is about. This isn't just about marriage. Okay, this is about family. And everybody has been a part of family, right? Everybody has a family. No matter what your situation is, everybody has family, right? And you want to think about that from a bigger context. Understand? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, So God created mankind in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Say it, them. Created us all, right? Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. He created us higher than every other form. He created us in his image. And it says, what does it say? God blessed them. Say that with me, them. God blessed them. Okay, you can look at that as marriage, sure, but you gotta look at it as family. God blessed them to go and create a family, to go and create something that was bigger than themselves, to go create something that carried the purposes of God together. And you and your family get that blessing, right? You get to have that blessing, God's blessing over your family, right? And that's a choice that I hope you begin to make, right? To live in and under God's blessing in your family and in your life, no matter what that situation looks like. So why are families so important? Let's just talk a little bit about this. So your family is meant to be an example to you. Let's talk about what it's meant to be. It's meant to be an example to you of God's love and provision. It's meant to be an image of God and to be the model and the example. Whether or not you've experienced that, that's what its intention is, right? That's what its purpose is. Its purpose is that it's meant to give you love and provision and an example and a vision of what God's love and provision is, right? And that's why on the inside, even especially if you've come from a situation that's not that, you feel it, don't you? You feel like there's something wrong here, right? It's because on the inside, you know it's meant to be something from God. That shows you that God's real, to be honest, because on the inside, you, you're, even if that's all you've ever known, on the inside, you know it's not right. That's an example of your spirit and your conscience and, and God speaking to you saying, there's something more. There's something that's supposed to be here that's not there, right? And, and don't, don't squash that desire because it's easy to want to do that, right? Oh, I'm just going to give up on it. I'm just going to move on because it's too painful, too difficult. Don't give up because it's actually God's heartbeat beating in you, right? It's saying, hey, there's something more that's supposed to be here because he wants to help you be the change. He wants to help you be the new model, he wants to help you be the new example and to bring his love and his provision and his purpose into your family if you're willing. You understand? Don't let go of it. See, the dream of your life is meant, it's meant to be found in a godly family. It's meant to be found in a family that honors God and teaches you about the right things of God. That's the original intent that God purposed it for, right? So, through, through the years, through the histories, people have just made bad choices. We've just made some wrong choices about family, and that's left us in a state in our nation where a lot of people just reject the idea of family. They say, it's just, it's no, it's just no. It's just wrong. It's just not what I believe in. It's just not what I want. I don't even want to get married because it's not worth it anymore. And if you feel the pressure of that, it's because our culture has given up on the idea of marriage and family and God's purpose and provision in it. And we want to restore that in our nation. We want to restore that in Santa Maria and Orchid in this area. We want to restore God's purpose. And here at Mercy Church, we want to restore that. We want to redeem it. We believe that all things can be redeemed, right? All things can be redeemed. And we want to help you have a new vision, a, a revision, right? A new, a new view of what family is so that you can begin to set a new course in your life and not reject it. So what is the barrier? 
Let's just talk about the barrier for a minute, and then we'll talk about some of the things that we can do about this. But it mostly comes down, it's pretty simple. It mostly comes down to sin and pride, right? Most, most of the problems you're going to find in life, especially in relationships, come, to, come down to sin and pride and selfishness, right? If we were able to get rid of sin and pride and selfishness, this world would look very different. Does anyone agree? How many of you think your family would look very different if we were able to get rid of sin and pride and selfishness, or just even friendships? Friendships would look very different if we were able to just get over ourselves, all of us. Now, it's not like one person doing it. It takes a family working together to do it, right? If we live like that, it's a different model. It's a different view, right? Marriage is different when we get rid of sin and pride and selfishness, right? And so, so what has our world taught us? Our world has taught us that our self is the most important thing, right? Just, just think about this. You know, what's, what's the phrase, right? Be the best you, right? Be the best you. It sounds really great, doesn't it? Come on, live your best life. Be the best you. How many of you heard that? Like a bunch. And you kind of agree with it, right? I mean, it sounds right. Don't you want to be the best you? Of course. You know, you can't tell me not to be. What am I supposed to not be the best me? That's that's not what it that's not what I'm saying, right? But if it's all about being the best you, then what happens is when somebody is not helping you be the best you from your view at that moment, it's a separation. In your mind, you're ready to separate, right? Marriage, we call that divorce. And we can call that a divorce culture or whatever you want to call it, but it's a mindset. I'm not talking about the action of it. I'm not talking about the legality. I'm not talking about the relationship. I'm talking about the mindset of it, right? What happens is you say, I don't have time for you because you're not giving me what I need to be my best me. And I understand there's, there's examples and times that people are like, ah, that person's toxic, I can't. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what is the commitment or the mindset in us to family? Because a lot of people just check out on their families. A lot of men check out on their families. A lot of women check out on their families. And you can even be in a family and have just, just completely said no. Am I right? You can be in the middle of a family and be like, nope. On the inside, on the outside, you're like, hey. On the inside, you're like, nope. See, something can happen in us where we give up. We give up on what God's trying to do because it's all about what's going to be about me, right? And then you just move on in your mind. See, so nothing becomes permanent. There's no permanence in it, and it has to be a permanent thing, right? So it was never meant to be be your best you. That's the problem is it was always meant to be be the best us. Say it with me. Be the best us. This church is not about us helping you be the best you. This church is about helping us be the best us. Say it with me. Be the best us. And if your family is viewed about be the best me, it's always going to be self-engaged. But if it's about us be the best us, it's a different mindset. It's about us working together to create something that's bigger than any one of us. It's something that we all become better Get it? It's just a little difference, isn't it? But it's a huge different result. It's about us learning how to work together to become the best us we can be, right? That's what God wants to help us learn. So because of that, our culture does this. Instead of, instead of coming to God to learn from him, 
about how to have a family because he invented it, he created it, he put us in families. Instead of us coming to God for those answers, right? what our culture is, has said and what they've done is they've treated God like his values are old and irrelevant. Right? That is the state of the culture that we live in. Do you live in the same world I live in? Anyone else? Right? They're old school, they're old, they're irrelevant, they don't impact us, they don't have anything relevant to my situation of becoming the best me. Unless I can get a little bit out of it, I'll try it out a little bit, get what I get, and then I'm out. Right? See, there's no permanence, there's no commitment. Right? It has to be a commitment to God, a commitment to each other. Right? And this is why so many families are hurting at the root, at the core, is because so many families are trying to do their own, they don't understand that God can help us be the best us. He can help us have great families. And if you've come from that situation, right, then, then know that God's brought you here to help you here have a different word, right? Be hopeful about it. God's come to bring his word. He's come to bring people to you to help you thrive, to help you see things different so that you can learn. But we've got to come to God and let him teach us. Let God teach us how it's really meant to be. What is marriage? Right? Well, let God teach us what is marriage. What is parenting? Let God teach us what is parenting. What is family? What is church? Let God teach us these things. Right? But we have to be humble in order to learn from him. Right? So our culture does this. Again, we're just talking about the problem here a little bit. Our culture wants the fruit of what God has without God. Right? Wants the fruit of what God has without having to deal with him. Right? And it's the same with family. See, it's the same reaction with family. We want the fruit of what family has without having to go through the work of having deep relationships because deep relationships take work. They take hard work. Right? I, I know that in my life because, to be honest, I, was, I had the benefit. This is going to be a weird statement, but I had the benefit of being really terrible at relationships. I was a really, really bad. It, it sounds like you don't believe it, but... I was really bad at relationships. My parents were marriage and family therapists, for goodness sakes. I did not get any of what they have. They were a good model. They were a good example. I learned some things from them, absolutely. But I was not good at it. I had no idea to have a relationship with people, with a person. I'm still rough around the edges in so many ways. But when I became a Christian, I was so broken about it. I gotta be honest, I just I wanna connect with you about this because I want you to understand how God can give you hope. I was so broken about it that I was willing to learn. I was so humbled. I was like, God, that's never gonna work. I'm a horrible person, you know? How's anyone ever gonna wanna be with me? You know, and I wasn't being like, oh, you know, I was it was real. Like I knew that I was messing relationships up. But it made me be humble. It forced me to be humble. And I used to sit down. I was, I was telling you guys the other day, I, was, I used to sit down with every guy in the church and go, how did you have a marriage? Tell me. I want to know everything. The good, the bad, and the ugly. What do you do? Like, like for years and years and years, I would just talk and ask and listen and learn. I've read 100 books. Right? I've read. I've learned so many things. And it's taken that much for me to learn. And, and I want to encourage you that you can learn. right? But it takes some humility. It takes some effort. It takes engaging and instead of coming to God and saying, I want the fruit of it, but I'm not willing to put in the effort, I'm not willing to learn, we have to learn and come humbly before God, right, and say, God, would you teach me? Because it's worth it. It's the most important thing you may do in your life, right, is have a family or help your family, right, find the purpose with which God created you or put you together to be the best us, right? That may be the most important thing you do 
And it's worth putting in the effort. It's worth putting in the time. It's worth putting in the energy. If you surrender your life to God and let him direct your steps, he will. He will show you the way. It says he shines light in the dark places. And I want to encourage you about it. Is that all right? All right are you guys with me? You're feeling this one huh, a little bit because we know we all have a family. Everyone can identify. And it's important that we come to God. It's not over. God can restore and redeem all things. Pastor Terry said this to me the other day. I thought it was a great statement. Right? God can redeem all things. Say it with me. God can redeem all things. Even me. <laughs> Say it. Even me. Even my life. God can do it. Okay, we're just going to talk about three things. About, remember, this is about learning how to enjoy our families, learning how to put our families into a place that God can do powerful and wonderful things with us. And we're just talking about three quick things, areas. There's so many, but we don't have all day. So I'm just going to talk about three areas that if, if you do these things, it's a good beginning to start getting your family and your life into the right mindset. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And the first one is relationships with grace. Learning how to have relationships with grace. Because a lot of relationships, we don't, we don't have a lot of grace, or, or grace ends quickly. You know, we're like, oh, you crossed the line. It's over, right? It's like, it's done, it's over. No, God, God wants to help us learn how to have grace with each other. And grace doesn't just mean, oh, it's a free ride and you can do whatever you want. That's what people always interpret that as. That's not what it means. Doesn't mean you can just treat me any old way you want to and I'm just gonna have to be okay with it. That's not grace, right? Grace is what? Grace means I work in as hard as I can and you're working as hard as you can and we're giving our best to it. Both of us, all of us, right? And in the midst of it, we have grace for the times that we don't do it right. There's a big difference there, isn't it? It doesn't mean ah, everything I wanna do is my way or the highway. It's like whatever, no, it's, it's I'm working my best. I'm giving you the best that I can and truly doing that. And I wanna encourage you to make the effort, put in the effort, but then have grace for the places that we mess up. God says that he opposes the proud, Right, but he gives grace to the humble. And I always think there's, there's two kinds of pride, I think. I think there's good pride, you know, kind of like confidence, kind of like I'm proud of us, and God wants to help you be proud of your family, right, to find a place in a good way, right, to be really proud and confident and glad for your life and who you are. But there's also a bad pride, isn't there? There's also like a, a bad pride that's like a stodgy kind of like I will not budge or I will not... I will not give in or I'm going to go to death for this argument because I want to be right. And we all have a little bit of that bad pride too, don't we? But that bad kind of pride really hides insecurity is really what it is. It's about hiding our insecurity. And you cannot have deep relationships and hold fast to that kind of bad pride. You have to learn how to let go of that, how to deal with that, how to let you and God need to work on that and deal with it so you can have deep relationships because you can't have deep relationships if one is very proud right you have to learn how to let that go grace means that you're willing to do that right so think about this you know I was thinking about doctors you're a dentist right how many how many years of schooling did you do nine years say that louder nine nine years that was after you know elementary school high school college Total. <laughs> Nine years. So, you know, we, we want to let someone work on our teeth unless they've been working nine years to learn how to do that. 
And yet, in our relationships and with our families, some of us have never spent any time just learning how to have relationships. Right? They don't teach it in college. They don't teach it in school. I mean, that should be like the number one school. How to have a good relationship. Right? They teach people about sex, but then teach them what to do after, right? Like, how are you gonna have how are you gonna have a good relationship? How are you gonna care for how are you gonna parent? Right? And even they get most of that stuff wrong. So it's like. What are we going to do? What do you want to do? I mean, I hope that inspires you to say, hello, maybe I could read a, a book. Right? Maybe I could watch a video. Maybe I could go to a seminar. Maybe I could something, right? Go find. There's so many great resources, right, to learn how to, how to have great relationships. And I want to encourage you to do that because you can, right? Not doing it means that you just... You don't have that opportunity to learn. You can learn. You can learn how to have good relationships. Think about it. Invest. Invest in the time. Right? Um, number two, the fruit of the Spirit. Say it with me. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That one's always at the, whoa, get you self-control at the end. Against such things, there is no law. Here, let's, let's look at those for a minute. Read, read through those and think about your family. Your family. Does your family, do you want them to have those things? Love, joy, goodness, faithfulness, right? Gentleness, kindness. Think of these good things. Wow. Self-control. How many of you think that if your family was centered a little bit more around those things, it would be a different experience, wouldn't it? So how do you have those? Well, it comes with the Spirit of God. It comes through the fruit of the Spirit. When you have the Spirit of God, those things come. They are the fruit of the Spirit. Again, we were talking earlier about wanting the fruit of God without having to deal with God, but you can't have it that way. Every time you see these places, it's because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, of God's Spirit. Right? Every time you see them, it's because he's working these things into the world. Every time you see the fruit of the devil, the fruit of the enemy, the fruit of, of discord and, and pain and suffering and division and all those kinds of things, those are the fruit of what the enemy is working into the world. And if you let the enemy work those things into your family, they'll, they'll reap the fruit of those things. But if you let God work the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right, godly Spirit, into your family, you will reap the fruit of those things. You will have them in your family. You've got to bring the Holy Spirit to be the center of your family. What spirit does your family live by? I'm sure you can name some things. What is it like when you hang out with your family? It's like, oh, it's awkward, or it's, oh, it's wonderful. I don't know. What is it like for you? But if you have the Holy Spirit as the center of your family, if that's the spirit that you carry, if you bring that with you, then the fruit will be there of love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, and all of these things that we want to see, right? If you are willing to surrender your family, the spirit of your family, to the Holy Spirit, and let him shape it to be godly, then that spirit will carry the fruit of those things, all right? God is love, the Bible says. You want love, you want God, right? I know, I know some of you right now are saying like, well, can't you have love without God? No, actually, everywhere that you see love in this world is because God has sowed love into it. Right? Whether or not people are acknowledging it, it's where it comes from, because God is love. You've got to understand that it's, whether or not you acknowledge God, 
Whether or not you want God in the center of your family or whether or not they want it, all of those things come from God. They are from him. They don't come from anywhere else. There's nowhere else that it comes from. It comes from God working in the world to sow these things. And, and a lot of times we look at the world and we go, you know, sometimes it was like, God, why is the world so messed up? And he's like, I'm trying to sow these things into this world. Help me, run with me, come with me. Let me do this. Let me sow it into your life. Instead of when we acknowledge it, we make it more difficult, right? If we come into God and let him sow these things in our life, it becomes a wonderful place to live. Your family can be a beautiful place, a place of safety and wonder and beauty, amen? Okay, and the last one is lifetime commitments. And I wanna encourage you to think about this, having lifetime commitments. Matthew chapter five, verse 37 says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This scripture haunts me. It seems kind of easy. You know, people quote it like, oh, let your yes be yes, your no be no. But it actually says anything beyond this comes from evil. Right? And, and I just, I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I get really uncomfortable when I read that scripture because I'm like, well, come on. It doesn't really mean e- evil, does it? But I believe the Bible's true. And when I read it, it challenges me. It challenges my thinking to say, what am I really saying? Am I really saying yes? Or am I really saying no? And sometimes our yes isn't a real yes. And what happens? So you got to think about what it means to be like, okay, it comes from evil, is that it's sowing the fruit of what comes from evil, which is, again, what we talked about, discord, right, and pain and suffering and, and broken relationships, those come from it. And when we get married or when we look at our family, whether or not you're married, you're thinking about your parents or you're thinking about your children, your yes has to be yes, has to be yes over them, right? It has to be a yes, right? It has to be a full-on, I'm all in. This family, to the end of my life, we are yes together, right? We're gonna make it the best us we can be, and the way that I think about it is I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm carrying a baton. You know, I'm, it's being passed to me from those who came before me, right? And, and with it, there was some good stuff and there was some bad stuff. And what I want to do is I kind of want to take the best of the good stuff and make sure that that gets handed on. And as much of the bad stuff that I can, I want it to end so that it doesn't get handed on to my, my children. And then maybe, maybe then they can do the same. Right? Maybe they're going to take the best that I give them and then some of the bad stuff that I have, they're going, to, they're going to shut it down so it doesn't get handed on to their children. And maybe the world's going to get to be a better place. Maybe my family's going to get to be a better, fa- a better place generation after generation because we all are making that choice. And maybe you've been handed a whole bunch of bad stuff and there's only just, it's hard to even think of some of the good things. But now here you are saying, I, gotta make some, I can make some good things because God is my father too. I can make some good things out of this and I can hand on the best to the, my family around me and to those who come after me, right? I wanna do the best that I can instead of just giving up and saying, well, this is how it is in my family. It must be over. You guys get what I'm saying? You tracking with me? Come on. So let's talk about divorce culture for a minute. And, and I wanna really just specify what I mean by this. I don't mean that you have been divorced or you've come from divorce. I'm talking about a mindset about breaking relationships, okay? And this isn't about whether, whether you're single, single parent. It's nothing about that, okay? I, 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 don't wanna, I don't want you to feel shamed or feel anything. That's not what I mean. But there is a culture that we live in, right, that's about breaking relationships. It's a yes and a yes and a no and a no. A yes is really a no. 
right? And it's about very quickly being willing to break relationships, right? It's like, oh, they made me mad. I'm done, even with our friends, right? And be like, I don't talk to them no more, right? But we do it to our families. We can be like, I will never speak to them again. That is a, that's a separation. That's like a break, right? And, and there are reasons that marriages need, I'm not talking about those situations. I'm just saying it's a mindset because sometimes we go into marriage with that mindset and we're just expecting it instead of going into it with a different mindset. And I want to encourage you to go into relationships, to go into your family and having a different mindset. Look, someone could be divorced and not have that mindset, right? They could be like, I was last. I, I didn't want to go here. I did everything I could. And, and, and that's great. I'm just talking about a mindset. Someone could be married and still have that mindset, right? They could have that like, well, it's going to happen someday, right? But a lot of people just don't even want to get married because they just have that. It's going to break anyway. Might as well just break it now. It's because it's a mindset in our culture. You guys tracking with me? It's a mindset in our culture that's like, it's just gonna break. It's not worth even investing. And so because of that, we never invest. We never say yes completely, right? We never really commit to each other because we're just expecting it to be too painful, right? It's a mindset. You guys get what I'm saying? There's a mindset that our culture lives by and God wants to help us change that mindset because you know what? The church lives in it too. Right? We live in that mindset. It's like, oh, you know, Tommy said something I didn't agree with. I'm done. It's like, oh, come on. Can't we work it out? Can't we have a relationship? <laughs> Maybe we misunderstand each other. Haven't you ever been misunderstood and then been like, that's not what I meant? And someone just like shut the door on you. And you're like, can't we work it out? Please. Instead of just a break, right? I want to ask us. I want to challenge us. I want to encourage us to have a different mindset about relationships, especially about our families. Let's have openness. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's say, I am not willing to let go of this until we go all the way to the end. That is a different kind of mindset for a family or for a relationship. And you can have that no matter what state your life is in, whether you're a part of a family, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether whatever, you can have that kind of mindset to say, me and my family, we're going to go to the end of my life together, no matter what. That kind of mindset is a different kind of mindset than what we see in the world around us, isn't it? It's so easy in our world just to, well, just don't ever talk to them again. We say, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Difficult moments help us learn, and we have to learn how to persevere together. Would you persevere with us here at Mercy Church, please? Persevere with us. Go all the way to the end. Let's see what God can do in Santa Maria. Let's see what God can do in our families. Let's see what God can do in our lives. Let's see what he can do, right? Let's go all the way. Come on, let's find out. It's worth trying. And how about our families? Let's go all the way together, right? Come on, let's, let's not, I'm never gonna talk to my parents again because they embarrass me. No, let's not do that, right? Let's go all the way. Oh, I'm not gonna talk to my kids because you know, they're like, whatever, teenagers. It's like, no, teach them the word of God. Right? Instruct them in the ways of God. God gave them to you. You are their greatest, greatest influence in their life. Never give up. Never give up. Last couple of scriptures here. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Talk about the word of God. You want the spirit of God in your house? Bring the word of God into your house. Talk about it all the time. Try to talk, hey, uh, at dinner tonight, 
I want to talk about a scripture that I read. See if that changes the environment in your house. Bring the word of God into your home. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Invest in knowing God's word. Invest in the spirit of God and let him come and change your family. And I promise you, you'll enjoy that family because God knows how to make it work. God knows how to make it work. Every family comes from God and God has a purpose and a, and a, a goal to redeem every situation. So let's let God do that. Why don't we pray together? Why don't we pray together as we end this morning? You want to stand up with me? Please. We all have a family. We're all a part of a family. We're all part of God's family. We all belong. But some of our families are broken. And some of us are broken because of it. And uh, what we want to do is give God a chance. I don't know you're thinking, ah, Tommy, you've given God a chance. Yeah. Let's give him a chance again. Let's start having a new mindset. Do you want it? Do you want a new heart? Do you want a new heart, a new compassion, a new love, something to sustain you and persevere you through the hard times? Let's let God come and do a change in us, a miraculous change. Can God do a miracle in your life today? I think he can. I hope you think he can. If you want to think that with me, let's start to engage our faith. Say, God, I think you can. I think you can do a miracle in my family. I think you can do a miracle in my life. I'm at least willing to say it here in church that you can do miracles, God. Will you please come and do a miracle in my life? Would you please come and do a miracle in my family? And if you've been really hurting or really hurt, even been just numb because the past is the past, I want to ask if you'd be willing this morning to just engage your heart again, to engage your heart for your family. Think about them. Begin to talk to God about them. Even if it's like, God, they really hurt me. Just take a moment and begin to talk to God about your family. Think through it. Think through those people, your parents maybe, your children, cousins, sister, brother. Some of us have genuinely been very hurt, very offended, very broken. But if you want to ask God, if you're willing, ask God to give you a new heart. God, would you give me a new heart? Give me a new heart for my family, a new view, a new mindset. To understand that you have a purpose for us. Call it us. Don't say them. Say us. You have a new pur- you have a purpose for my family, for us. You have a dream for us. You believe in us. You love us. Your spirit is for us.
you died on the cross for us. Be bold and just say, would you make my family new? Would you do something miraculous, God? Would you do something miraculous in my family, God? Start with me. Maybe you need to put your hand on your heart and say, God, start with me. Do something in my family that's miraculous. Start with me, God. Do something in us, God, please, that we could live in the fruit of your spirit. Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come be the center of your home. Holy Spirit, will you come and be the center of my home? Be the center of my life. Be in my house. Be in the relationships I have with each member of my family. That your fruit, the fruit of your spirit, That would be the outcome of my life, Lord, that they would eat of your fruit, of love, of joy, of peace. Maybe love has been a problem. Maybe peace. Maybe joy has been a problem. You haven't been joyful. Maybe you need to learn how to be a happy person and give your best to your family. Maybe kindness. Maybe goodness. Maybe you haven't been good. Maybe self-control. Maybe you're, you're uncontrollable. If you need these things, ask the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I don't have these things. I need them. I need them, Lord. They need them from me. And I need them from them. We need your spirit in our home, God. Please forgive me, Lord. Ask for forgiveness if you need to. Let God forgive you. Start there. Say, God, would you forgive me for the way I've treated them? I've treated them poorly. God, I confess it this morning. I've treated them poorly. Yeah, they've treated me, but it's not about that. It's about me, Lord. I treated them poorly. Would you please forgive me? Help me to live in forgiveness, God. I want to give you guys a few minutes. If you want to, if you need to come kneel here before God, if you need to do business with the Lord about this, and this is a moment for you, take the moment right now. Let's not move on until we take this moment with God. If you want to get your family together and come stand here before God, if you want to grab your children, you can bring them, or if you just want to come on your own, it's okay. Anyway, come and kneel before God or come and stand before him. Let's take a moment here and ask God to do something miraculous. We need the Holy Spirit. We want to have great families, great relationships. If you just know you're not great at relationships, even with your friends, you know, you've had that mindset of separation and you want to come have a change, a change of heart. Let's let God lead us this morning. Lord, we surrender. We 
you want to just say that with me, you can. Just say, Lord, I surrender to you. I've tried to do it my way instead of coming to you and letting you teach me how to do it right. I surrender right now. I surrender my life, my attitudes, my choices. Well, sorry, Lord. Sorry, God. I've been proud. I've been selfish. Lord, I surrender. I surrender, Lord. 